This is the Wesson Walker Show. And a moral lesson is told at the end of each episode. One notable episode is one called The Price, in which a boy buys a drug called Spin. He was smoking that Spin. It's Wes. Becomes addicted to it and dies of an overdose. We need oh, no. more cartoons like that these days for these badass. And Walker. Will these kids die of drugs? Yes, yeah, so they can Sounds learn their lesson visible. and know not to do it. If somebody fictional dies, they'll learn not to do it in okay. non-fiction. You know what I'm saying? And for that it. reason, Marshall Bravestar, Tex-Tex, New Texas is straight. Fire! I had the action figure, Bravestar, but my mom wouldn't let me get Tex-Tex. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Oh, come on, Mom. Why didn't you do that? You said it was too demonic. Well, maybe it's because a kid died of drugs. clock hour on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Moving on from the college ranks to the professional ranks. Carolina kicking off the season against Atlanta in Atlanta. Going to be taking place on Sunday. Want to hear what your final predictions are on the text line. 704-570-9610. It can be a prediction about this upcoming game. It can be a prediction about the upcoming season about a specific player, whatever you want to write us, feel free to do so. 704-570-9610. Talked about it a little bit yesterday. Planned the show on the air yesterday. Decided that we would go through the schedule, pick every single game, and then in the next segment, we're going to do the whole 10 best players thing that led to a lot of debates last year. Had a lot of quarterbacks up there for Wes. I was disrespecting running backs and quarterbacks last year, according to Wes. And so we'll see if... The theme continues in 2023. It's all still to come here on Wes and Walker. Let's get right to it. We've been getting used to it with the whole team week thing, trying to predict the schedules for each of those college football squads. So here we are with the first four games of the schedule for Carolina. On the road against Atlanta, going to be happening on Sunday, September 18th, to get the primetime matchup Monday night against the New Orleans Saints at home at Bank of America Stadium, on the road against Seattle, back at home against Minnesota. So home and away, home and away. It's alternating through the first four games. You lead us off here, Wes. What do you have in the first quarter of the season? All right, so uh, the Atlanta Falcons game. Try a couple of these uh, little nuggets on for size here. Since 2003, number one overall quarterbacks are 0-13 and 1 in their first game Ooh, that's of, not good. of the season. Then when you talk about uh, the Saints defensive line coaches, Atlanta's defensive coordinator now, Atlanta used 52% man in preseason. So Bryce Young versus man in the preseason, limited sample size, I know, but he held the ball three seconds or more on 64% of his dropbacks and completed just 33%. Uh, of his passes so that's uh, pretty tough when you're talking about a team that could go primarily man coverage and so uh, all of that baked into the cake using your thing again gracious also probably (laughs) the problem maybe Brian Burns doesn't play but I just think first game of the season uh, the on the road in Atlanta I've got Atlanta taking that one Uh, I do give the Panthers a shot to come home and get a big win against New Orleans on Monday night, I think they can, you know, the crowd and the atmosphere and things of that nature, division opponent, all of those things, I think they can uh, get that win. 
But then after that, uh, Seattle, I, I don't see a, a victory coming there, nor do I see it uh, going up against Minnesota. All right, so you have them starting off the season 1-3 and three with a big win at home against the New Orleans Saints, the team you think is going to win the division. Yes. Okay, so 1-3 and three for the first four games for you. I hate to do it. I think I have them losing against Atlanta as well. I don't want to. I don't like doing this. But if you want me to be right, do you want me to be a homer or do you want me to be right? My gut is telling me that they lose against Atlanta on the road week one. I don't like it. I hope they win. Give an objective perspective. That's it. I just think Atlanta is going to come out running the football pretty effectively. It's not because I'm scared of Desmond Ritter. I'm just not right now. He's going to have to show it to me. And if he does, then great. Text me all you want to if you're a Falcons fan out there. That's totally fine. But that's not what I'm worried about. I am worried about the offensive line. I am worried about the running backs that they have, Bijan and everybody else in the backfield. I'm worried about the weapons in Kyle Pitts and Drake London on the outside, and their defense did get better. It is not a joke anymore. So that's a little bit what I'm worried about. I'm with you, though. Coming back home, getting that win against New Orleans, I believe in them to get that victory uh, at home, I think, is the big deal here. So um, give me a one-and-one start to the season. I think they lose on the road to Seattle. It's still early in Bryce Young's career at that point. Offensively, I I don't think what Geno did was a fluke in the sense that it's not going to happen again. You still have a lot of wide receiver talent. They added more weapons. We're actually actually getting some good news on Jackson Smith and Najigba, so it looks like he might be ready to go. I'm not sure the exact confirmation on that, but I, I think some good news out there. I think they beat the Vikings, though. So for all of you people that are clamoring for me to be a homer, I'm coming back, baby. We still end up two and two in the first <laughs> quarter of the season. I'm sorry. How lucky did Minnesota get last year in one score games? How lucky did they get before they got destroyed in the playoffs or well beat at least, but you get the idea. They get to the postseason against some legitimate competition. They get beat. You lose Dalvin cook. Who's been a running back that they've leaned on quite a bit up there defensively they were one of the worst teams in all of the nfl i know brian flores is there that's a big time addition but also you're losing guys like an eric kendricks the pass rush you're gonna have to rely on daniel hunter who if we're going with injury history that's a big problem with him as well Kirk cousins has to get used to a different receiver now after losing adam thielen who was a big red zone target for him i trust jordan addison i like kj osborne as well but I'm sorry, I just don't trust this defense to stop Carolina like that. Give me the Panthers to win, by the way, at home. So, two and two, okay. the two wins that they have are at Bank of America. The two losses they have are on the road. I expect them to get a win against the Vikings. What's right. the next one up here? So, the next slate, on the road against Detroit, on the road against Miami, and then you have a couple of home games against the Texans and the Colts. You have them one and three. I have them two and two. What do you have starting with the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I've got Detroit, Miami, uh, them both taking losses in those football games. And then I have them beating Houston and Indy to wind up two and two in that stretch. Okay. I have them losing to Detroit and Miami as well. I Miami, even if two is a, a big deal, if he's not healthy, then of course Miami is going to be vulnerable. But that defense is very good. I even again, specifically the front seven, Christian Wilkins has become a monster. One of the better defensive tackles in the entire league. Jalen Phillips could really come on strong this year. I think their defense is going to be enough to win, even if they might have some struggles offensively with whatever to his health factor is the game before that in Detroit, we got to see what the lions did on the road against Kansas city. 
even without Travis Kelsey, even without Chris Jones, I get it. I don't think they're unbeatable. Carolina did it last year when the Lions got hot. It's certainly doable. But I think Detroit overall is probably the better team. So I'm going to give them the L there. But I've got them going two and two again. Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, back-to-back, at home. I mean, Wes... If you want to do the whole rookie QB thing, well, it's not like the Texans or the Colts have an advantage there. They've got rookie QB starting, too. In fact, we have the most polished one here in Carolina, the skill position groups. You could argue that they're better. I mean, Jonathan Taylor could be back with the Colts unless he's holding out, unless things have gotten so ugly. He will be eligible to come back after being put on the pup list or IR, missing the first four games. But even still, I don't know if he's going to play. And then even with the Texans, you got Tank Dell, who I really like. I'm on board with you. I'm not a bigger fan than you are, but I love Tank Dell. I think he's going to be very good. But Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, okay. It's not anything that scares me a ton. Got him two and two. So 500, four and four, straight up in the first eight games of the season. What do you, uh, you else, uh, excuse me, what else do you have after we move on? Chicago, Dallas, Tennessee, Tampa. Those are the next four games. West lead us off starting with the road game against Chicago. Yeah, all right. So the Chicago Bears, uh, this is a team that uh, I like a little bit more than a lot of other people do this season. I'm a big believer in uh, Justin Fields, not just for the sake of my fantasy team, but also because I think this is a young man that I know is passing pedigree. Now he's got uh, DJ Moore to go along with Darnell Moody and Chase Claypool. They worked on revamping that offensive line. They've got a pretty good backfield. And, They spent a lot of money on defense, so I like what the Bears did. I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters, but I do think they uh, beat Carolina. So I have them losing to Chicago, Dallas, and Tennessee, and then beating Tampa. Okay, Uh, 704 is writing Walker, be a homer. I'm trying to come back after having them (laughs) lose this game against Atlanta. I'm trying to come back. I got them 400. Real quick, would would you take that at the beginning of the season if you're a Panthers fan? Four and four. If I told you right now, I'll guarantee you four and four. Are you yeah, taking it? definitely. Rookie quarterback, I am all too. those things. Yeah, I think I am we'll too. Take that. Yeah, I'm taking 500 immediately as well. Okay, on the road against Chicago. This one's tough because this is a big time matchup. Justin Fields, this is pretty much it for him. You're going to have a first half like this is going to be the separator of two halves, 17 games. I hate that you added the extra game to really mess all that up. Real tidy half quarters. You get the idea. Um, I think with Fields, I like DJ Moore, of course. I have them beating Chicago. I think I want to see more from Justin Fields throwing the football. And I think he's capable of it. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen there. I just they weren't they weren't a good passing team. Are our teams going to try to limit the run as much as they possibly can? Now he has some weapons. Now he has DJ Moore at least, but it's not like they got a lot of other weapons outside DJ, right? Like are you going to be funneling the targets all towards DJ? I mean, we're we're saying last year giving Justin Fields an excuse, well, you only have Mooney and you only have well, okay, those are still the receivers who they're dealing with. The Claypool, he's still a receiver up there. So you just move guys down, that's great. But they're still there. So I don't know. I, I've got Carolina beating Chicago, even though I could see it going either way. Dallas is too talented. That roster is very good. I can't have Carolina beating Dallas at this point, even if it's at home. On the road against Tennessee, on the road against Tampa. Tennessee, I think, is going to be better. I, I think Ryan Tannehill is actually underrated. I think people view him as like a bottom 10 QB in the league. I actually don't think he's that bad. I really don't. So, 
Even with that being said, I have Carolina winning. Gotcha. I still I don't have Carolina. Know you, I don't know if you believe that. No, I do. I do. I do believe Ryan Tannehill is is not a bottom ten QB in the league. I think you can win with them, and I think they did. They have one with them. It's just not a good take when you disrespected Jared Goff and, and other guys like that last I year. I was guys thinking that about that as well. I'm like, of all the quarterbacks you want to give credit to, this is the one you pick. I don't think Jared Goff is bottom ten, but I don't want to get lost. This is a great way to get me <laughs> off the road, and we don't have much time. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, we're up against it. So, um, I've got them going two and two again. I have them Beating the Bears, losing to Dallas, beating Tennessee. Oh, hell, I'm not going to have them losing to Tampa. Hell, I've got them 3-1, and one, baby. We're going to the playoffs with Walker's record. I've got them going 3-1 and one because I do not have them losing to Tampa. You know how just out I am on them, and I don't even know if they're going to have Mike Evans on the roster. So give me that victory against Tampa as well. I've got them 3-1 and one right now. I've got them at seven wins and five losses. Oh, boy. Feeling pretty good about this Panthers team as we go down the list. What's the next games you have over here, Wes? Uh, yeah, you definitely do, Walker. And then in heading down the stretch of this season uh, for these last five games, our uneven ending, uh, going to New Orleans after I have them beating them on Monday night. You know, I always believe a lot of times teams will split in a division. So I've got New Orleans uh, taking that one. Then you also go down, you look at Atlanta uh, at home, I've got them winning that game because I think they'll split with Atlanta. So I think they'll get Atlanta on the get back train. But then Green Bay, uh, I think Jordan Love's going to be better than a lot of people think. I think this uh, Green Bay team defensively, there's a lot of talent there. I think that Jordan Love's got weapons. He's got a good running game. So I've got Green Bay taking that one. Uh, I've also got them losing at Jacksonville before defeating Tampa Bay uh, to win their final game of the season. Okay, there you go. Um, what's your ultimate record here? What event- Six and 11. Six and 11, okay. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have a different one. But if you were to come I've in... I've tried. No, I know, but if you, like, I think most people, if you had to force them to bet money, who would have a better record? It would be me being Homer Walker and you having them with a less record. And so people would eventually take that home. The odds were right in this one. Because I've already got them a better record, and I haven't even finished the season yet. I've got them having uh, more wins than you do. So if we end up going with the Saints and the Falcons over the next two games, I have them losing to the Saints on the road. I have them beating the Falcons at home. So a couple of splits there, because that's how the NFC South works in a lot of different areas. I have them losing against Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to be good. I don't think they're going to be special. I just think Jordan Love has shown enough to where you can put a lot of, um, I think you can put some confidence into him. I like Christian Watson, even if it looks like he's going to be hurt. That offensive line is good. That offensive line, out of all the QBs that played in the preseason, I Mm -hmm. think through the first two games, Green Bay didn't allow Jordan Love to get touched. Like he was dead last and pressure faced because that offensive line was so good. I think that's a big deal. I do think Green Bay gets the job done, even if it is going to be played at Bank of America Stadium. I also think they lose against Jacksonville, very high on Jacksonville, and I have them beating Tampa Bay. So that means I've got them with a 9-8 and eight record. Winning record, not double digits. 9-8 and eight is where I have Carolina finishing the season. Okay. So we're done. You tell us who you think is going to be right. Walker has the Panthers. Just screenshot your record so we can remember all of this. Yep, nine and eight. I have them going. Wes has them with just six wins and eleven losses. Do you have them in the playoffs? Yeah, that's the tough one. (laughs) (laughs) That really set the stage. And nine and eight might get you in. It really might. That's why it's tough. Do it, you Homer. Yeah, they make the picks. Thank you. Go Carolina. We'll continue to talk about the upcoming season next. (laughs) Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. We are back on a football Friday. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And definitely the text line is lit for sure after our picks. For sure, I'm definitely catching hell. But, you know, that's why I'm built for this. I can I can take the arrows that will come. I gave my unbiased opinion about what I think their schedule is going to be. And it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, We'll see how it plays out. More than likely, hey, I could be wrong, but I could be right. You ever seen Get Rich or Die Trying when Terrence Howard was like, uh, I could be wrong, but I know I'm right. <laughs> I Get Rich or Die Trying said. is a movie that I've seen bits and pieces of uh-huh. when it's running on TV constantly. And so I can I can put together some scenes. I'm still missing some, but it's, it's a big puzzle with some missing pieces as far as I'm concerned. All right. So now keep the text coming, though. 704-570-9610. Hate, 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 hate. For sure. So let's uh, go to another topic that uh, definitely the fans enjoyed last year. Walker and I going through our draft of sorts, drafting the top 10 players from this football game. Are we drafting or are we picking? Because drafting is a little different. I just want to make sure. Look, all right, trying to change the rules so we can win. (laughs) Trying to get in favor with the text line. So, yeah, we're going to go with who we think are the 10 best football players on the field for this matchup, regardless of team. And we're going to see who has the most high-end players coming into this matchup. We need to ask this question before we start. Do we need to include Brian Burns? Because we don't know if he's going to play. Let's include him. But he's going to be a top 10 player. Let's include him because Spoiler we don't alert. know. Okay, so Burns is a part of it. I yeah. just wanted to make sure Let's because we, we, we do know. this in a game-by-game basis, right? Like, uh-huh. So if Burns wasn't playing, then we might not include him here. But we'll include him. Cool. That sounds good to me. All right, so are you ready? Do you want to go first with your first three guys? Do you have that on deck? Or you want to... How you want to do it? I have my first guy. Let, let's let's talk about the first guy for a little bit because okay. we got enough time. We got All plenty right. of time. Let's do it. Because this one was tough for me. I don't know if it was tough for you. Okay. If we're just going straight football player, I don't know if there's a guy at a hardcore premium position that also matches up with being the best at that squad that would overtake a Chris Lindstrom being the top rated guard in all of football last year. And when you highest t- rated offensive player as well. So a 95 grade. Okay. Look, offensive line, it's tough to evaluate how good offensive linemen are, even though Carolina fans have gotten pretty good at it because they've not been great for the most part of the last 10, 15 years or so. But Chris Lindstrom is a monster. He matters a lot to what they do. When you talk about them running the football and being able to have that, be, that's their identity. And so if we're talking about just how important Chris Lindstrom is to that team, he's also going to hold an important spot protecting for a quarterback that you don't believe in. Like, I do not have Desmond Ritter on this top 10. There's another spoiler alert for you. Ritter's not making it. But with Chris Lindstrom, he matters a lot to protecting, not allowing that interior pass rush to get through, and creating gaps for whatever running back is going to be there, most likely B. John Robinson. 
Wes, I've got Chris Lindstrom. I'm trying to get love to your offensive lineman that you've accused me of disrespecting in the past. You definitely do that. So, no, I'm trying to give him some love here. Chris Lindstrom <laughs> is the best player in this game. Okay. Yeah, I can live with that as well. I mean, you talk about a guy that was the highest rated player in all of football, regardless of position. You've got to go with Chris Lindstrom. Uh, he's a big time player out of Boston College. So you're going Chris Lindstrom as well? Yes, I am. All right. So who's did, did you debate anybody there or or did you feel pretty no, good I'm about not Lindstrom? Debate. I mean, he's the guy. You know what I'm saying? When you look at everything from an analytical standpoint and just everything about him as a player, he's the number one guy. All right. Who do you have coming up next? Who's number two? Uh, after that, I'm going to go with uh, Caleb McGarry. Uh, also on that offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons. When you look over at him, he had an 86.6 grade uh, last season that put him fourth amongst tackles in all of football. Uh, so I went with him as my number two guy. And then at number three, I have the guy that we have in question, Brian Burns. I've got Burns number two. This is where I decided to go positional value and discussing him asking for $30 million and the Carolina Panthers just might do it. He's real valuable, especially with this team. I know he doesn't have the Nick Bosa production. I know a lot of people that are anti paying Brian Burns that kind of money are looking at the total sacks the last couple of seasons, comparing him to a Micah Parsons, Bosa, Miles Garrett. It, this is something to me where Brian Burns is still valuable enough to be the second best player on this squad. And then it gets tough from here. I There are a lot of Falcons that I have written down, especially offensively, but... We know offense, like when we're talking about Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. I think for me, even still, give me Derek Brown. Derek Brown comes in at, at number four? three. Oh, number three. Number three. Derek Brown is number three. I, I think, especially even in this game, here we are talking about how important he is trying to stop the run. And he was one of the top-rated defensive tackles. I, I also, I'm also buying in to the idea of Avero using him in a role that allows him to be a better pass rusher this year. Mm -hmm. I actually think he gets home a little more this season. So I'm putting Derek Brown number three. Okay. All right. And then for my fourth guy, I've got Derek Brown. Uh, I'm going to okay. go Derek Brown at four. Because I think that when you look at the season that he had last year, he definitely looks like a guy that is ascending and hopefully he can get even better this year. And he's going to be big in this football game to stop the run. And then at number five, uh, the guy that I fought with to put nearly at the top of this list almost. Oh, but, really? Uh, oh, that's Mr. a big drop. John Robinson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> B. John Robinson, I think the world of this guy, I think when you talk about he's going to be one of the great backs to come into this league, I'm going to put all the hyperbole hyperbole on this guy uh, as far as what he can bring to the table when you talk about size, speed, agility, running style, vision. He's got it all. Uh, dual threat out of the backfield. This guy is all that in a bag of chips. Whichever chips you want to pick, I'm going to go with uh, OG Doritos. All right, so what were those three again? <laughs> did you go with three or did you just go two there? Uh, I went Derek Brown four, Bijan five. So I just rounded out the top five right there okay i'll do the same uh this is where i have caleb mcgarry coming in at that right tackle spot I, I do think taylor moten for his career has been very good at that spot as well but i think last year you look at just how special of a season mcgarry had on the right side of that offensive line so i'll put him at number four i have grady jarrett at number five just been a good football player for a while now and I think Grady Jarrett playing alongside uh, a Calais Campbell, having a Bud Dupree come over who at least knows what he's doing. I know David Onyemata is on this squad right now. He's one of the, and actually kind of surprisingly when I was looking at salaries, one of the higher paid defensive linemen in all of the NFL. 
I think Grady Jarrett finally has some help around him, and he's been the only thing on that line for so long that you had to be afraid of. And despite that, was still getting a lot of respect. So this is some respect for the Clemson, uh, for the former Tiger, for the current Atlanta Falcon. I've got Grady Jarrett in my top five. Okay. I'm going to go with my sixth guy being Frankie Louvu. The production that he had last year, over 100 tackles, seven sacks on the year, double-digit tackles for loss for him. So I think he's a big-time producer uh, as well in this game. Then I have uh, Drake London, who last year had an 83.2 offensive rating. This is a young wide receiver that definitely came onto the scene in a major way, and I think we've already seen in the preseason what he's going to be bringing to the table in 2023. So I've got him. And then I've got to go with the Demon Deke, Jesse Bates, big free agent addition for Atlanta at number eight. All right, so I have Luvu at number six as well. Mina Kimes, featuring Lenny, by the way. Fiddy, I don't know if you knew that, but featuring Lenny, they were talking about their favorite players and the clip that went to just the most underrated player talk that was circulating on Twitter. It was all about how much she loves Luvu, how much Ben Solak loves Frankie Luvu. How the, so the people that love that player are here in Charlotte and the NFL nerds of the world. Frankie Louvu comes in at number six for me as well. We have that exact spot. This is where it's going to get changes here. I've got J.C. Horn number seven. J.C. Horn, I think, is not a top five corner in the league, but very close to it. I think he's a very good player when he's healthy. So give me J.C. Horn at number seven. And then number eight is where I have your boy, Bijan. He's a special talent. Not going to deny that. He's the best running back prospect to come into the league since Saquon Barkley. And even if he hasn't played it down yet, we can project. We can do the whole Shaquille O'Neal being a top 50 greatest player of all time in 92 before he had even really played two seasons yet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this with Bijan. I expect him to be a very good player. So I'll have Bijan round out the next three. Luvo six, J.C. Horn seven. Bijan Robinson, number eight. I'll finish out my top 10 with uh, J.C. Horn coming in at number nine. Right, so not a big difference there. Yes, I've got J.C. Horn coming in there at number nine. I think this is a season, and if he can stay healthy, he will definitely uh, truly establish himself as one of the better corners uh, out there when you talk about what he's capable of doing. And at number 10, man, I'm going to go with the quarterback for the Panthers. I got to show Bryce some love and what I think uh, he's capable of. I think Bryce Young is a tremendous talent. Talent. We know all of the uh, things that we bloviated about with him before the draft Whoa. as far as just being uh, excited about what he brings to the table. And I think if this offensive line is able to step up and uh, block for him, that I think that he's going to be able to deliver good results. So I'm going to go with Bryce. Um, this one's tough because Bryce barely misses for me in this game. And I feel like we have some numbers. Look, I'm a huge Kyle Pitts fan. I think he deserves to be on this. If you go back to last year, we if, can talk some omissions after this. If you look at the advanced stats, Kyle Pitts was open and he just was getting th the, the throws last year to Kyle Pitts were so off the mark. It was unbelievable. Marcus Mariota was not good. Kyle Pitts, even after all of that, if you want to go by the pro football focus stuff, 11th out of 73 tight ends. I mean, that's where he grades even still. And we can't just scoff at the fact that this guy had a thousand yards in his rookie season for a tight end. That's crazy. So I have Kyle Pitts still being in the top 10 at number nine. And I love Drake London, loved him coming out of the draft would have been just fine if Carolina decided to select him. So Drake London comes in at number 10. 
Bryce Young, London were interchangeable there for me, but I decided to go with Drake London to finish out my top ten. All right, so I've got five Falcons, five Panthers, so I have a pretty even split as far as the top ten players in this game is concerned. And then when you talk about some of the omissions, I definitely wanted to put Grady Jarrett and Calais Campbell in there, especially to show the respects to Campbell. He had a pretty solid season last year. A.J. Terrell was another guy that you can throw in there. And also Kyle Pitts, uh, as you had him in there, I thought about it, but had to penalize him a little bit for the season that he had last year, whether it was by design or not, but still had to, to, to punish him. And a very underrated player, uh, coming into this game as Caden Ellis uh, that's coming over to Atlanta from the New Orleans Saints. And when you talk about a guy last year, he had 78 tackles and seven sacks and also garnered an 81.5 defense grade from pro football focus, especially on the running side of things. He was a 81 there and a 75 pass rush grade. So that's another player uh, to watch in this football game that's a new addition to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I thought Campbell was my biggest omission was Bryce Young and Calais Campbell. I think those are the two guys that I'm looking at. Jake Matthews. Y'all come at Walker for not putting Bryce Young in his top 10. I'm going to rile him up. It was tough. I wanted to do it. I thought people would hate me for that. But I, I will be I, I want to be wrong very badly on that. So hopefully Bryce Young comes in and carves Atlanta up very uh you know, a, a ton in, in his first ever game in the NFL. Yeah, so those are a couple of the guys that I had missing. If you want to text in, tell us how you're feeling. Seven oh four five seven oh ninety six ten. Jack said, Yeah, we missed on Drake London with Mike Evans wanting out in Tampa Bay. He was discussing, uh, this text isn't loading as much. Yeah, with Mike Evans huh. wanting out in Tampa Bay, what do we have to do to go get Mike Evans? Oh, Lord, I don't. I think Tampa's taxing heavy if the Panthers wanted him. It's going to be tough in the division. <laughs> going to be tough. Yeah, you're going to have to get rid of all the, Yeah, all these top 10 players. Probably going to have to get rid of And Miles of Sanders, call it, called us out. Text the 704-941 number said, did we leave Miles Sanders off of the list? We did. Yeah. We did. No, and I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm. He's an honorable mention. We'll call him an honorable mention. Well, I mean, is my I I like Miles Sanders fine, mm -hmm. right? I is he a top is he a top ten running back in the league? We just know I mean, you my hate production. Yeah, you by production for sure. He he's he's a guy that's that's worth noting. There's no question about it. I just think when you look at the totality of these guys that we have picked, it's hard to say. You know, who would you take him over in our 10? I mean, there's plenty of other guys. Like, I didn't have Jesse Bates either. And I I really like Jesse Bates. I think that was a good pickup for Atlanta. There, there's honestly three guys that I would put. And it's no disrespect to Miles Sanders. But if you are a guy that Philadelphia was taking off the field and not throwing to on third downs, I value that a lot. If you're getting taken off the field in scenarios because for anything other than rest or because of injury, then that's, a, I mean, I'm docking you. So uh, hopefully Miles has that back in his repertoire this season. I believe he does, but Miles Sanders wasn't in heavy consideration for me to be in the top 10. Uh, we do have people writing in 704 said, nah, Walker screwed up. The Bryce is right, baby. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Feel free to come at that. That's one where I'll, I'll actually welcome the hate. I just couldn't do it right now. All right, Fitty Flash time. Let's get it, baby. Fitty. Did want to let the Panther fans know that Chandler Wooten has been uh, added to the active roster ahead of Sunday's game. Guy that made the 53-man roster, got weighed from the practice squad, but he is now back on 
the 53 for the season opener. But, uh, Walker, we got to talk U.S. Open. I know this is what, what Japanese arithmetics, according to Wes Bryant. Yeah. I think of what he called it. I watched it. a little bit last night of Coco. A little so, bit. wild match because the, the match got halted. Remember, I got Spectrum, so I can't see what's happening in Flushing during the U.S. Open. But the first match was halted for 49 minutes before Coco Golf didn't make it all the way to her first U.S. Open final. Sabalinka took down Madison Keys in a three-set uh, thriller to set up a, a, a Sabalinka Golf final tomorrow afternoon does the american does she get it done walker i think she does this seems like her time i'm ready for coco golf she seems to be in a really good headspace right now and when you're talking about what she's been able to do she comes out firing in the first set got a little close but still was able to hold on and i think even if you go back i forget what round it was but i i think it was amanda sigamond who was doing the whole gamesmanship thing that was taking forever on each serve that was not getting ready when Coco Goff was trying to serve to the point where Coco seemed like it was getting in her head a little bit. She would even go complain to the line judge. So for me, I think um, I think Coco Goff is, is, has gotten through quite a few battles on her way to the finals, and I think she's going to get it done. Sabalenka, you mentioned, is in the final. Very good player. I, I think this is Coco Goff's time. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm going to go with you uh, 100%. I can't wait to see it. I'll definitely uh, try to check that out. Are right, you got something else, Fitty? And then today you got Novak Djokovic, my guy, going up against the unranked American Ben or unseated American Ben Shelton. And then Carlos uh, Alcarez will take on Daniil Medvedev. Just going to make your prediction. I think I think Djokovic gets it done. Do you think it's the Joker, Alcarez, or maybe Medvedev? Do you think he finally breaks through in a major? One, two. It's happening. Alcarez, Djokovic, only enhancing what is this budding rivalry between the two. Is it good enough to make you not watch the NFL on Sunday if it's those two playing? I will be looking at it. Yes. I will. I mean, I have to. I will be looking at Sorry. It. <laughs> <laughs> that is my sports take. I will be looking at the tennis match between Carlos Alcarez and Novak Djokovic. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's talk a little more NFL on the other side. Thanks for listening. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You were successful, Wes. You asked the text line to hate on my top 10 <laughs> because I had Bryce Young at 11. And sure enough, the people are doing that. Casey Steve said, look, man, your hate for Greensboro now ranks up there for not putting Bryce on this list as to why I dislike some of your takes. I told him, look, I understand. I remember he tried to make that Greensboro hate a thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. This was when the ACC. I was wondering where that was coming from. Yeah, that was that was a while back, but it was when I was cool with the ACC offices moving to Charlotte and Fitty. And I think you and I were going at it because you're the one that wants them to stay in Greensboro because of the tradition that is getting stripped from the ACC. 
Well, and it's kind of happening now with Stanford and Cal. Uh, not exactly <laughs> ACC schools that you would really think of. 704 said you had two rookies where it's unknown that they will be good over the other 48 players in Carolina. The rookies that I had were Bijan Robinson and who was the other rookie that I had? I don't think I had anybody else. Yeah. It was I don't only think you had another rookie. Either. It was only Bijan. I almost put Bryce Young in there, but I guess maybe they're talking but about yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. They're talking about in totality of both our lists. So maybe that was because of Miles Sanders or somebody else, but I stand by it. I know you stand by it as well. No question about it. I mean, to those out there who are questioning what we think about Bijan, just go put on the highlights. How about that? Go look at go check him out. Go look at him run. Look at the offensive line he's going to be running behind. I don't see how this young man fails outside of an injury. 704 also is correcting me on a couple of things. So this is you know, it goes to the amateur takes that I have when we talk about tennis. It's Laura, not Amanda Sigmund. And it's a referee, not line judge. Yeah, I'm so in football mode that I went line judge there. So <laughs> I apologize to all the Tennessee f- or tenant. Goodness gracious. Tennis <laughs> fans. Sorry to the tennis fans. Well, some there. of them might like Tennessee. Some of them might. I don't know, but that's not what I was talking about. I was trying to say tennis, and uh, I'm not very good at the radio thing. Let's try this again. Let's go around the NFL. Let's discuss some of the other week one matchups that we're most interested in. I think for me, if I want to lead us off here, Miami and L.A., the Chargers, the Dolphins and the Chargers. That's going to be a very nice matchup. I think Justin Herbert is an MVP candidate this year. Kellen Moore being the offensive coordinator. I think they're going to throw downfield a lot more. I think the fact that they have Austin Eckler, he's still going to be a check down king. But I also think that the offensive line getting Rashawn Slater back is going to open up bigger gaps for him to be able to have more explosive runs. Not rather than big boy from TCU. Yep, 100%, 100%. They draft Quentin Johnson, who is going to be probably a guy that's out there 50% of the time. You still have studs on the outside. Mike Williams, good 50-50 ball guy. And Keenan Allen, one yeah. of the best And they like runners. to play Keenan in the slot, though. So he Keenan, might get some time at the, uh, on the other side. I, I, I love, love this matchup. And I've talked already about Miami's defensive front also offensively Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is going to play in this game after having some injury concerns so that's the number one matchup I'm looking uh, most forward to well come on baby you already know what time it is I think this is going to be a fantastic game San Francisco and the Steelers I mean this is going to be you bragged about your ability to be objective no 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 but I'm saying this is my my favorite game. I think this is going to be a good matchup and I I don't like the Steelers but I'd like what the Steelers have from a roster standpoint Kenny Pickett George Pickens all things you've seen from them uh defensively what they bring to the table on the road in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's only the Fox game of the week. So uh, I think that a lot of people are interested in this game. So I think that's going to be a a, a really good matchup. And I actually picked my Niners to lose this game. I'm, I'm not very confident going into game one uh, in Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers are going to be much improved. See, uh, how's that? What's the record, though, on the year for San Francisco? Um, I got to look at the schedule, man. Somebody was on there talking about I got them going 16-1. I'm, I'm not one of those fans. I definitely two, look at you. things objectively. I think they should be in the probably 11 to 14 range, somewhere in there. 11 to 14. It's a big, I feel you. Win, yeah. All right, what do you think, Fiddy? What's a, a game that you're going to be glued to this weekend? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to take the West approach and go with the Cowboys and the Giants because. Well, that's well, not your team anymore. You know, Dallas <laughs> you know, right. Dallas owns the Giants 11 and 1 in the last 12. Am I am I stretching too far if I go with with Cincinnati and Cleveland? Like obviously y'all know that I have this love affair for Joe Burrow, and let's just go ahead and say a daddy got paid yesterday. 
But Deshaun so Watson. Don't ever say that. Every time. Every time it's so weird. I'm interested to see, does, does Deshaun Watson look the part? Because I think if he's what Cleveland thought he was going to be on the field when they traded for him and gave him $250 million guaranteed or whatever it was, you could have four teams win nine or ten games in the AFC North this year. So in that early window, Carolina, Atlanta, yes, will be on the main TV. But Cincinnati, Cleveland is going to be a hell of a game as well. And then, come on, man. This is as good of a Monday night opener as we've gotten in a long mm. time. Buffalo and the Jets, Four man. Time. That is must-see television. I'm very excited to watch that game on Monday night. Last one, Chicago, Green Bay. It's yeah. going to be a good one in the afternoon slate. 425 kick. Chicago going to be hosting Green Bay, looking for Justin Fields to take a step up. Jordan Love is finally out of the shadows of Aaron Rodgers with some skill players that look pretty good in the preseason. So I like that game as well. Do you guys ever get tired of seeing these historical rivalries in week one? Because you see Cowboys, Giants a lot. You see back, uh, Packers, I do. Bears a lot. Like. As, as a fan that's in one of those rivalries, I do wish they were sprinkled out like week seven, week eight. I mean, we've played the Giants opening week in like five times in we, the last ten years. It does feel like we. you it does feel like you do that quite a bit. It yeah. does feel like the NFC East matchups when we get Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys. It feels like we get that quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, I was just thinking that to myself today. I was like, man, I'm getting tired of seeing the Cowboys and the Giants on opening night every single season. And there's some good, you know, underrated matchups on the radar as well when you talk about uh Eagles Patriots yep. to open up the season. I think the Eagles should handle business. But they're only a four-point favorite over New England in New England. So I would expect Philadelphia to roll in that one. But I still think it's going to be an intriguing matchup to see what Belichick will try to cook up for Jalen Hurts. Well, New England doesn't have a defensive coordinator calling their offensive plays anymore. So I think that's going to help. It's going to help quite a bit. If we look at some of the rookies outside of Bryce Young, going to be the most intriguing. What's the most intriguing rookie outside the number one overall pick for you, Wes? Ooh, that's a good one. Most intriguing rookie. I mean, for me, it would have to be B. John Robinson. I mean, you talk about Carolina, the vested interest in Bryce Young here. To me, that's a given. So that's the reason why I don't say Bryce Young. But as far as just rookie outside of the Carolina Panthers that carries the most uh, intrigue outside of those quarterbacks, I would look at B. John Robinson. As I said, I, I think very, very highly of him. And so it's going to be interesting. This is the guy that's the favorite, the betting favorite for a rookie of the year. So to see how he opens up his 2023 campaign, I think is of uh, uh, the utmost interest. All right, I'm going to go eight mile and give you two options here. I will give a definitive number one, though. Anthony Richardson, wildly entertaining, a against Jacksonville, where I think people are high on the Jags because of their offense more so than their defense. Is there some room there for Anthony Richardson to be successful as soon as week one at home? I really want to see how they're going to use Anthony Richardson. The second one, let's go with the ACC, Zay Flowers. Baltimore now has an offensive coordinator that likes to throw the football. They're going to be 180 degrees different than what they were under Greg Roman being their OC. They're going to be throwing the football. They drafted a first-round wide receiver in Zay Flowers, who looks like the real deal all throughout offseason, and we knew that coming out of the NFL draft. We all love Zay Flowers. Those are the two guys I'm going with. Lamar Jackson MVP, man. It, it, could, it very well could happen if he increases what his passing total is, in which I totally expect that to happen. What do you have, Fiddy? Any rookie out there that stands out to you? It's got to be Anthony Richardson because this guy maybe has the highest upside of all the rookie quarterbacks in the draft class, and we, you know, all the comparisons to Cam Newton coming, going into the process. Doug Peterson said that going into the matchup here in week one. 
I wonder just what he does look like on Sunday in Shane Steichen's offense. All right, Joe Burrow got paid yesterday. Just a real quick note before we get to Marquise Williams. Joe Burrow, highest paid QB annually. Less guaranteed money than a Deshaun Watson who got $250 million guaranteed, but still getting paid a monster amount of money. What'd you make of the contract? Anything that's really noteworthy here? Or Wasn't you just surprised at all. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow to me got what he deserved. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the game and his contract is commiserate of that. Uh, $219 million guaranteed. That's just what we're going to see, man. It's just going to keep going up and up and up and up. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be the next guy. I, I mean, you that. think about it. When Lamar Jackson passed his deal, he's already been passed up twice. I know. It's crazy. Justin <laughs> Herbert getting that right. I mean, you really did have a lot of young, talented QBs get paid this offseason. So it will be interesting to see who's next on that list. Speaking of QBs, let's talk to a former ACC QB, former Tar Heel to be exact. Marquise Williams joins us on the other side of the break to take a look at this weekend slate in college football and speak on North Carolina. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 